Uh oh, yeah, yeah. pick a day. Does mm. it not fit? I forgot. I don't have you a forgot quarter your quarter inch adapter. inch adapter. <laughs> Does it come out on the other side? Ian right now is currently having some headphone. Yeah, but funness. I think he gets all of the audio. Oh, yeah. I, I do get all the audio. That's great. It works fine. Oh, perfect. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, we take support for five headphones with this setup. Yeah, this I guess cool. that makes sense. Speaking of setups, Chandler, you need to get a hi-fi setup. Yeah, I don't want to fair. because it's too expensive. And frankly, my audio is good enough. Even, Dude, okay, so you know the newest TikTok I just edited, which will be released like sometime next week? Eventually, TM. Eventually, TM. I literally didn't even use my desktop microphone to record the audio for it. Do you, you know used what? a phone mic? No, I use my MacBook. Oh, uh, your MacBook mic gets really nice, though. I don't know how they do it. Sometimes, like, these microphones are really tiny and they sound terrible, and other times... With just the same Ian, tiny You didn't mics. even know that. You 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 didn't even mention the audio, and you're like the audiophile of the group, and you said it sounded fine. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta use your Steam Deck to record one. Honestly, oh the Steam Deck, I'm not doing that. That's a little silly, but the Steam Deck <laughs> does really good with the microphone as well. I'm you, like, gotta pr- you gotta install DaVinci on your Steam Deck. There you da go. DaVinci on the Steam Deck? Workstation. I yeah. tried, uh, and it wasn't on Flatpak, so I was like, ah. ah. You can still do it. It's just a pain in the rear. Yeah, you just gotta go to the website instead. And I was like, no, it has to be a Flatpak. So that way I can just... Do flat pack update. Was a bit, no, well, we're going to flat pack flat. Pa- oh God. All right. Do you want me to get into the semantics of Linux package managers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So Linux is an operating system. Start so there. It's an operating system. That's not windows and not Mac OS and is superior to both. So, uh, <laughs> so immediately coming out with a superiority complex, got it. <laughs> which right. says cool, the guy cool. who uses a MacBook. So, <laughs> um, no, but they ever since every Linux distro is officially it is a distro. It's like a different form of Linux, and the idea is that because it's a free and open platform, anyone can make their own operating system with different tools and stuff. At its core, all Linuxes are like the same. And in theory, if you compile an executable for Linux, as long as the correct libraries and stuff are there, it will run on any of those Linux distros. However, getting that software there can be many different ways. For example, you can use Flatpak, which is really common in the Steam Deck. Uh, which is what, like, I think the Steam Deck is going to be the thing that, like, popularizes it. It was already really popular in the community, but this is going to make Flatpak, like, a mainstream package manager because of the Steam Deck. And so so Flatpak is a package manager. Yes, yeah, so it manages the packages. A Flatpak is one of the packages. What is a package? Like, UPS? A package is, like... Like FedEx? No. A package is basically what... You know when you download on Windows an MSI? That could be considered a package. Is an MSI the uh, installer the installer, thing? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, I want to program. I go online. I download... Said program, that program has a .msi extension. Yeah, and that's installs it to your system, and the package manager automatically installs packages to your system. Okay, so you. I don't have to go to a website. You no, know, you can just type in Flatpak add and then the name of it. And then also a lot of Linux distros integrate what they call a store, where you can go and you can look at the packages without having to enter the commands. You just have to hit install, enter your password, and it does the rest for you. You don't have to do anything else. It's like the app store, but it's a lot more open and accessible. Yeah, I guess it is just by definition just an app store. Yeah, it is. But yeah. you can also, if you're like me and you work with a lot of servers that don't have a GUI, you can just type in Flatpak add in the name of it. You don't ever, like in the terminal, you don't ever have to go to a store. Um, I always worry that like if I wanted to, I could find a software that isn't on like one of these stores. For example, DaVinci, like we were just saying. Add it. I could add it myself and also some like nice malware I develop. And then other people, when they search DaVinci, they'll see my thing. And when they download it, it'll be DaVinci and they'll be like, oh, okay. But then it's got malware. And yeah, stuff. but then it's malware. So Arch Linux, which uses by default, uses the Pac-Man package manager. 
stands for waka pack- waka waka. Yeah, fun fact: Pac-Man stands for package manager. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I never funny. made that connection <laughs> just now. Wow. I, I didn't realize it either. So yeah. Pac-Man stands for package manager. That so is genius. The official Arch package manager is Pac-Man, and then also packaged with the Arch package manager, or another concept that Arch has, is called the Arch user repository. So the Arch package manager, the official Pac-Man, is only repositories that have been validated for security and being up to date. So Arch is really strict about how everything needs to be absolutely up to date, which the Steam Deck being Arch-based is also really strict about everything having to be perfectly up to date. And how what the Arch user repository did is that, okay, say... Kyle, you want to install a package that I made, but you don't want to have to go through the process of compiling it from source and all this other stuff. What the Arch user repository allows you to do is that you can just download a file. That file contains all the instructions on how to compile it from source for you. You type in a single command and it does the rest. Like through Pac-Man or through... It's its own thing. It's So you do... Technically, the process, you have to git clone the file and then you have to run make package on the file, which is a command built into Arch Linux. But there's tools that, like, get rid of that. I personally love to use a tool called yay, where now all I have to do is type in yay-s in the name of the ARU package, and it will automatically do everything for me. What does ARU stand for? Arch User Repository? User Repository, yes. Mm, I see. Now, the cool part about the Arch User Repository is that these are just instructions on how to build it along with all of its dependencies. Yeah, I thought make was, like, the... Well, there's thing that make, builds C yeah, files. Yeah, there's make and there's make package. It's M A K E dash package. Well, it's M A K E P K G. I think that's correct. Oh, yeah. I see. yeah, make package. Which, like I said, the tools like Yay and there's a few other ones um, that help you out with um, installing these packages really, really fast and really, really efficiently. So that way you don't have to figure out, oh, I need this dependency, I need this dependency. Yay does that for you. You type in one line and it does the rest. It automatically. Downloads all the repositories, downloads all the dependencies, compiles it from source, deletes the, the files once it's compiled and installed for you. So you And the reason why they do this, I think, I assume, is like if they wanted to, someone else could compile it and then put it on the GitHub as well, right? And they could just have the executable right there. Yeah. But it's not guaranteed that the executable it's attached is from the repo. Yeah. Right? So the other reason why they do the Arch user repository is because Arch is so strict about what packages are allowed in their actual repositories. So they allow anyone to just also upload an AUR package. And they say right on the website, like, hey, these are not validated packages. Do use these at your own risk. Like these couldn't have malware embedded in them. And we're not going to, it's not our fault if they have it. It's their user's fault. And if they like, if you find malware, report it, we'll delete the package. But like, just be warned that that's a possibility. And I'm pretty sure everyone just uses them anyway. I do. I I was very guilty of that. It was so convenient though, because like, uh, there was so much stuff that I would have had to go, because especially like there was a few packages that weren't like natively supported on Arch Linux that someone just made an installer script for that did the rest for me. Yeah. Like there was one, I think it was um, the NVIDIA Docker package didn't have an Arch build. So you couldn't install it, but someone wrote a utility using this yay slash uh, AUR where it downloads the Debian file strips the Debian file of the X of the files it needs and then installs them manually into Arch Linux for me. So I was able to run the NVIDIA Docker package on Arch Linux, which is not officially supported and it worked just as well as it would have on Ubuntu. I really did love Arch and their, I don't know, yeah. Pac-Man just feels so much better to yeah, me so, than like apt or any of the other So I'm under the opinion that there. Ubuntu is a, Ubuntu and Debian are both very good distributions for things that you run once and then you never touch again or you touch minimally. But actually maintaining them and using them is a huge pain in the ass because all these packages 
will takes forever to update and there's a bunch of issues with keeping them up to date and it's just a huge pain in the butt but because arch is on a rolling release it's a lot smoother and everything stays up to date a lot better and it's easier to find packages since they always have the latest version that you need it's really easy and nice and yeah of course if you need a specific version of a package you can pin versions just like you can on literally every other package manager from apt-get, which is Ubuntu's native one, to Pac-Man you can do, Flatpak you can pin versions, or even library managers or library package managers like NPM and PIP. There's so many package managers. Yeah, so when I'm Don't talking... Don't let's, let's be specific. When I'm talking about a package manager in this conversation, I am referring to the package manager to get software packages, like pre-compiled, ready-to-run software, or even like AUR, where it's a it's an instructions on how to download and install the f- file, but... A, the computer does it for you. Yeah, full software set, you know, like yeah. Microsoft Word or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. So I found that Winget is actually not bad. I've been using it more on my Windows PC than I thought I would. Yeah, I actually just recently wrote an entire installer script using Winget. So that way, whenever I make a new VM or make a new PC or factory set you my run PC, the script and you're done. Yeah, exactly. And you have every software you use daily. Correct. Steam yeah. is on there. I was surprised to see Steam was on there. Yep, I have Steam on it. And it just downloads everything. And it's like, wow, this is super cool. Yeah. Cause like for power users like us, that is like the, per, that is the definitive way to install software is through a package manager. Yeah. On all, and like, for example, on MacBook, dude, I would never use a MacBook without Homebrew. Homebrew is one of the nicest tools I've ever used. I was recently fixing my friend's MacBook and there are quite a few intricacies of the system I never knew about that is just really annoying. Like what? So here's an example of something I had to do. Like I, saw that there was a Dropbox and they didn't use Dropbox. But whenever I logged on to the computer, Dropbox would always pop up to the front of the window and be like, hey, log in for me so that way you can use me, you know, and like it would try and to tell me. he never installed it? Uh, like they installed it, but obviously it was probably from like an advertisement and they never set it up and they don't actually use it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's someone who doesn't know about computers, you know? Oh yeah, so it's like, okay, gonna install Adobe when Acrobat at- or whatever. Here, we're gonna install 18 other pro- programs oh, and what other was, projects. What was whatever. the one? I think it was when you install Adobe Flash Player back in the day. It would also change your default search engine to ask.com and add a toolbar to Internet Explorer. Uh, yeah, yeah, do you remember when so. yeah. <laughs> would add toolbars? Yeah, they still try to do that. They, some of them do, yeah. I've they seen a few that try to, try to do that. Chrome and like add ask and a few other things, I think. I remember like having Adobe to... Reader. I remember my grandmother installed a piece of software and it installed um, fake malicious Google Sheets and Google Docs oh extensions <laughs> into her Google Chrome. And I had to, I actually emailed Google. I emailed one of the support guys like, hey, like these are malicious. Like these are not real. Get them off the store. They literally say Google Sheets and Google Chrome, but the shahs don't match your official extensions. Wow. Do they end up doing anything about yeah, it? Yeah, they know? said, we thank you for the report. We banned them. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, they actually got rid of the extensions off the Chrome store. Yeah, I was going to ask, have any of you guys ever gone to like your grandmother's computer and because you know, your grandma wants you for tech support, obviously, uh, and you just open Google Chrome and there's like five, six, seven, oh, like eight so, taskbars at the top. Yeah. My grandmother programs. used to work in an office, so she's actually fairly tech savvy. Whoa, so, tech savvy I grandmother? I did that once like a long ass time ago when I was like really not computer savvy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, because you have to learn, you know? You don't yeah, know. you have to learn somehow. Yeah, I, I, I mean, knew. when I was really young, I was, I don't know how young I was. I was maybe eight or 10 years old, didn't know a thing about computers and uh, had just created my first email, right? And get one of those shotgun blast marketing things like give us all of your personal information and you could win a free computer. But it's also it's actually like a credit card sign up thing or whatever. So, of course, (laughs) I enter in all of my personal information because I want a free computer. Damn it. I don't have a computer. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, it didn't go so well. Yeah, we <laughs> used to see those all the time, the fake the fake uh, ads or whatever. And that is how Ian turned into a privacy expert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was certainly pro- it was probably a motivating and pushing force for me to actually learn about computers and not become a normie. Yeah, there, my grandmother still needs help with a lot of things, but like she's really good about not downloading programs she doesn't recognize and she can check which she's really strict. She only checks her email on her iPad. So she knows that she can't download anything malicious on her Windows PC. Yeah, my problem is my grandmother is way too trusting. They're like, oh, no, they're telling me I need to do this, so I have to do it. Oh, I like, had, my oh, I have a story about this. <laughs> well, well, just I'll go Let me for a second, which I'll is that story. my grandma is just a person that, you know, really succumbs to the, hey, uh, we're your computer support people. We need $100 a month from you to make sure your computer doesn't go oh, under. Oh, I, I do. I, and I'm, I'm like, grandma, you're paying for what? Wait, you've been paying for this for the past two years? Why didn't you tell me this? And they're like, she's like, oh, it's a computer. It's like Microsoft, you know? No, like, it's I'm like, not. No, it's not. And uh, Microsoft doesn't care about you or your computer. I mean, they care a little bit because they want you to keep no, using they, their products. They, they, they want you to keep Windows on your PC. That's about it. Yeah. That's all they care about, yeah. But yeah, I have a story about this. I'm ready. So I'm not going to name names on who it was because she, it, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, and I feel a little guilty because I happened to be in a meeting when this person was, because so I'll admit this is someone who lives with me, and it wasn't Haley. And um, she was on the phone with Amazon support, and she came. this guy on Amazon was telling her about fraudulent charges or whatever on her account, or telling mm, her this guy yes. from Amazon. Like immediately ringing yep. the alarm bell. <laughs> well, well, here's yeah. the thing is that I was, I didn't know who, she, I, didn't, I thought she had actually called Amazon, and I thought yep. there was actually fraudulent charges in her account because I was in a meeting. I'm like, I can't talk right now. Please go away. I'm in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently they got into her, they installed an app on her phone that was full on remote controlling her phone. Like she said that she, she set the phone down to charge for the night and she saw them in her phone, like moving stuff around. Wow. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me about this when it happened? I would have like thrown the phone in the fire. Like what the <laughs> hell? Like the, no, that's bad. So I factory reset the phone. She had to contact the bank to get a bunch of money back. She lost almost twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. Oh yeah. Off of this scam. And I I felt kind of bad because like I if I would have just said get off the phone, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But at the same time, she now now she won't like because she googled Amazon support number and this was the first number that came up. And it was fake. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I reported that I number. See you, baby. Do, yeah. Doesn't does Amazon even have a public phone number? Yeah, like, they you do. No, 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 no. They, they modern do. Modern companies anymore. Like very few companies. Amazon have does have a publicly facing number, but it's really you have to dig for it. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's what lets a lot of these scams happen is that they don't have like a well published like Amazon.com slash support slash contact us. Here's a number in big, bold lettering. Yeah, because they it's, don't want you to because they don't want to have to hire so many people. You know? Right. It's all hidden away down at the bottom of some web page. So then a scammer comes Or you comes have to go to a chat bot. A fake web page. <laughs> and you have to keep telling, no, this chat bot didn't help me until they give you the phone number. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so because like I like, for example, I, I, I don't like talking to those automated chat bots. I understand. OK, I understand that 99 percent of the time. When someone has an issue, it can be easily solved with either a forum post or as, as a programmer, I should know this, can easily be solved with a forum post. You don't have to, or just a chat bot or something. You don't have to go to another human being. Someone has probably had that issue before. Just listen to what they did and do it and it will probably work. That's that's the entire concept of fucking Stack Overflow, okay? Yep. <laughs> like that's, that's all it is. Or Reddit, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I am a very technical person. I actually dig deep into technology. And yeah, generally, that's... I get to the point where I'm sorry, this isn't helping me. I need to call someone. 
Like, and then I have to dig for it, and they're like, did you try turning it off? And yes, I fucking tried to turn it on and off again, like, four times! <laughs> yeah, well, some people don't want to go through that, and it's just easier to always ask someone. So when they find that phone number, they're like, oh, cool, whenever I'm a problem, I'll just call them. Calling Amazon support, hi, I can't log into my Gmail, can you help yeah. me? Like, yeah. uh, like <laughs> if someone said that, I would just hang up. But... That's you get bad, bad marks. For numbers, yeah. yeah I, I, as the, like, me and customer support would be bad. <laughs> Let's just say that I would not be a good customer. You'd support. You'd probably be better at it than you think because your job is like dependent on that, and a lot of those people just don't have the knowledge, like or they, the or the shit to give. They genuinely just don't know. Well, that's the thing. There, it, it's not like I'm lazy. I'm specifically calling Amazon to get help with my Gmail because. I'm lazy and don't want to. Like, they genuinely have no clue. It's all big tech to them. It's all the same Yeah, it's just computers. It's, it's a computer. This is the number I have for help with the computer. Yeah. I call this number for help with the computer. Like, there is no company. There is no breakdown in their yeah. mind for that. But it's here's just, the thing. Here's the yeah. problem, Ian, is that I know someone, and I'm going to call him out okay. because he did it. And, I, and he is... He is should not of all people should not have fallen for this. My brother fell for one of these scams. Oh yeah, the Discord thing. Yeah. yeah. So my brother being which which okay, so I understand that most of hacking which you should oh, yeah. give the backstory first. No, no, no. First of all, I'm going to give a little backstory to our viewers who may not be knowledgeable on what hacking really is. Oh, yeah. Hacking is not some guy in a basement toiling away at a computer angrily hacking trying to get into your bank account. Yeah, hacking, it's not some guy running Kali Linux trying no, no, to no, penetrate no, 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 your, no, like, no. network and like no, your computer just sitting somewhere isn't going to get hacked. No, it's not. It's hacking it, hack is social engineering. Yes, it's social engineering. It's Those just, hackers do exist, but social engineering is so much more popular. Yeah. That pretty much so 99% much of hacks or social engineering it's yeah. so much easier to fall for the social engineering and hack. they usually they, I, they hit a chord that like that that chord is just like it, it triggers a response in your body that no i have to do something about this right now i think there's an interesting thing lex friedman had the podcast with a we're getting meta again cie cia agent right and even this guy says right most hacking is social engineering they're going to send you some amazon like fake login page whatever and if you're being targeted to a point where you have to do nothing on your computer, you're going to be hacked no matter what you do anyways because it's some massive government entity who's just going to say, yeah, that phone right there, boom, ours. And they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars to just break into that phone or computer or whatever without you having any clue. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit I have fallen for one phishing attack in my life. And it was not long ago. And, I, and the second it happened... I got a password manager and I changed all my passwords. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I fell for a Coinbase scam. I fell for one because I, I, now I know which email my Coinbase is associated with because mm. it's the specific email that always gets spammed with it, but it is not the email that is associated with my Coinbase account. But it was Coinbase and I fell for it and I immediately changed all my passwords. But my, my brother, okay, so... So Coinbase let, is a scam? Coinbase is not a scam. Let's don't get me on my crypto soapbox. Oh, so, um, so I got to break down that soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so your brother, my brother. Yes. Yeah. So my, uh, let me give you a little context. My little brother, he's not that little, he's two years younger than me only. And he's taller than me by a lot. Um, <laughs> legally an adult at the very least. Yes. He is legally an adult, but he lives with my parents still. And hey, he, same. yeah, well, to be fair up until COVID happened, same. Um, but he lives with my parents and his, most of his worldly possessions are his video games and his computer that he built himself. Oh boy. 
So when he got a message from some random guy on Discord threatening to th- saying that, hey, I accidentally reported you, your account's going to get banned, you're going to lose all your games, he freaked out. And he made a very rash decision to contact said Discord administrator, this said Steam administrator, who was actually just some random dude on Discord, random, probably yep. probably in a call center in India, scamming other people while he was at it. Oh yeah. And and I'm like Nolan, of all people, you should have known not to give him your two factor authentication code. <laughs> that is like that you should guard that. So he-, he gave him a Steam Guard code. I'm like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? That was so dumb. And he's like, uh, now he knows it was stupid. Yep, As I, yeah, I drilled yeah. it through him, he made the mistake. He almost lost it. He did, almost actually lost his Steam account. Yeah. Um, apparently, they deleted games off his account. Wow. Which I thought was dumb. If you're going to sell a black market Steam account, why the fuck would you delete games, you idiots? Is there a way to transfer games to other people? No, you can delete no, them though, but you your can account. delete them. Isn't that stupid? You're trying to sell a black market Steam account to somebody because for like pennies, it, but you delete games off of it. Because if they get found out and get stopped, they still want to fuck over the victim, right? So if the victim has some games that they've played a whole bunch or are valuable, well, yeah, specifically, those, he started deleting. So that you fuck over the guy who you stole the account from either way. And then why do they want to do that, that though? Would they only care about the money aspect of it? I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But if they were malicious, that's something. Well, no. So what happened was, which I think what Ian's saying is not far off because they specifically, Nolan has thousands of hours in Destiny 2. Okay. And they they deleted three of his Destiny DLCs. I mean, doesn't Destiny track that internally anyways? I believe Destiny's an it Destiny's like a mainly online experience. You know, you can go yeah. to any computer and your stuff will automatically. Yeah. Be there. So I believe he's well. The thing is, though, I think they use Steam for like all of their internal tracking of what DLCs you own. Okay. So he ended up so losing. He ended up though. losing a couple of DLCs, but he said, "Oh, I already beat those. I didn't care that much." Yeah. <laughs> he's just glad he didn't permanently lose his Steam account, where he spent probably tens of thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of hours on games. Yeah, that's fair. So. But I'm like, Nolan, like, you do not lose your two-factor authentication code. And he always complains to me, okay? So him and my mom still use my Amazon account. And they're always like, hey, I need your Amazon password again. And then I'll, I'll come over and I'll show them this Amazon password that's 32 characters long, random characters <laughs> yeah, with letters and things. Gibberish. And they're like, yeah. what the heck? Why do you send it to this? And I'm like, Peep, I, I am never getting hacked, okay? <laughs> This is not an option. Hey, we need your Amazon pass. I don't fucking remember what it is. Good <laughs> it luck. turns it's out there is one type of attack long. that you're more susceptible susceptible to now. I want to know what the attack is. I'm curious since this has been a primarily hacking related episode. Yeah. Hacking your two FA like. Uh, no, in particular, like when you use a password not manager. Sorry, yeah. Password managers password almost manager. always are a fantastic feature, a fast, fantastic thing to have. Ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time because. Instead of trusting every single company with your one password, you trust one company with all your passwords. Or if you're really into computers, you can host your own password manager. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds bad. That it's actually better to do a password manager. It sounds terrible. Which him and I were talking about. What if we trans? Like, what if we migrated all of our passwords over to your server PC? Yeah, yeah. and, and host it there. That's yeah, not a bad idea in my opinion. It's not a bad idea. But here's the thing: I don't. It's not that I don't trust you, and I don't trust Larry. It's that if Larry's internet goes down, I lose all my fucking passwords. That's so then I had the follow up idea. Well, Raspberry. What if pies are cheap? So what if we take mirrored two identical it. Raspberry Pi? Oh, dude, I would do put more one than on two. every one of our networks. Yeah, or even like three or four, whatever. One, at my one house, on literally one at like house, one at one, one at Ian's, house, one like, at Quentin's, one at Alex's. Place, yeah, right. And they all are redundant, and they all talk with each other, and just sync we just all use like a load balancer same. to make sure that it 
gets pinged to whichever one. Yeah, is I mean, we don't have to do that part, but yeah. And they all host the same <laughs> password things, all encrypted, whatever. So whoever like gets that can't like pull the SD card and try to just decrypt your passwords, whatever. Long story short, though, most people don't know computers and wouldn't like host their own. But it is still better for them to trust one company that's really like well known. Last pass I or Nord the pass goal or, is yeah. to because most master passwords are still going to be very easy to attack. They're not a random 32 character password. It's something that a normal human being can remember, not something that a computer can remember. So it's going to be more susceptible to your common dictionary attacks or your common whatever attack. Yeah, as long as you do a really good master password, you tend to be pretty good there. But here's the attack that they can do, which is if, for example, you need to log into Amazon, right? You're on a new computer, you log into password manager. What do you do in order to log on to Amazon? Often you open password manager and you hit the copy and then the paste button. And what this does is it leaves your password in your clipboard. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, so they try to copy your clipboard. Yeah, and but applications do have access to your clipboard even without you hitting paste. To yeah. My some do, yeah. yeah some heard, do. It depends. I I really hope the Firefox tightens up the security. I so, probably have that tightened up because in my Firefox, Google Drive has no clipboard accessibility whatsoever. Like you can't copy. Of all the websites Drive. to not trust with your clipboard, I'm sorry, Google is not the one to not trust. It yeah, do- it agree. doesn't trust any other websites either. Oh, though, okay. Right. So as long as it as long as you're on a zero trust basis, did you guys ever see that Google did a challenge where they had a Chromebook sitting in their office and like if you could hack this Chromebook, it was like. $100 million or something crazy bounty. If you could get into this Chromebook and remote control it or get data off of it, mm-hmm. and you could confirm the data that was on it. It was like, I think it was a password hash is what they had on that. And if you could confirm that exact password hash, you got $100 million and nobody was able to complete it. That's how secure apparently Chromebooks are. The other option is Google lied. and It's not actually connected to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't do any social engineering hacks, right? They were only testing it for hardware. It was literally in a glass box in Google headquarters, like in their main office. The That reminds me of a story I had recently-ish, actually. Um, it was actually almost a year and a half ago now. But I was talking to a old bank that I used to have. And I was the trying to set it up. used to have. You didn't have it anymore? Yeah, I was trying to set it up with my, um, set it up on my phone, right? New applicate, new phone, setting up the app. Uh, in the process of setting up the app, they had to text oh, like yeah. a two-factor authentication code to me. Which I hate. So, I, I hate using SMS for 2FA, but I can get to that later. Yep. Um, but I type it in and something goes wrong, right? They need to do something on their side. So I call them, uh, like one their number that's in their actual app, you know, so it's their for realsies number, get to the phone, hello, this is bank.com, whatever. Um, so then I am talking to them and they're like, okay, yeah, so we'll set up on our end for you. And so they're going and then it gets to the point where they need the code again. They're like, hey, can you tell us the code? I'm like, in the code you just sent me, it literally says in plain text, don't tell this to anyone, even if we ask me, they'll never ask you for it. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It does say that. Um, Well, you have two options. Either option A, you cannot give it to us and we can't do anything with your account. Or option B is you can give it to us and we can finish setting up your account. What would you like to do? Does this bank have physical locations? It does have physical locations. I would have just gone to a physical location. I, I agree with that. I would have gone to a physical location. Because at least then you know you're talking to an actual representative of that bank. Yep. I decided I was did not want to go through the hassle of wasting an hour of my time. I feel and did you give them money, your 2FA code? I did. And then they fixed it. And then, you know, it okay. was set up. So I, I, um, 
I have a story about this. Me and Alex oh, told the story. Ever, did we ever? Did we ever put the final nail in the coffin with your uh, with your brother's story? Oh well, yeah. We said he got his account back. Yeah. No, 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 no. The final nail in the coffin that he wants to be a cybersec guy, right? Or at least IT. No, no, no. He's IT. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's still, IT. as an IT guy, you should never be following. Oh, I have this. another IT. Re- so, I, my- honestly, I think that good IT people, if they fall in for it once, make them better IT people because they know now. It'll make him a better IT guy because he's he's got he's, that. Yeah, he's not cybersec. He is experience. IT. Yeah. But still. I don't know if you're an IT. Well, guy, he's also not like done with should. school yet. Like he's still going to school to become one. How is that not the first thing they teach you in <laughs> IT school? Like I don't school know. School fails to teach you a lot of things. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, so. he's he's only in his second to fourth years, so four years. So I would bet a lot of the teachers at the school you could social engineering <laughs> hack them. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my gosh, don't get me and Ian started on our CS teacher. <laughs> oh yeah, the CS teacher who didn't know anything about CS. Yeah, she yeah. was really bad. Oh, anyway, boy. so um. <laughs> What was I? You're gonna oh. program in Notepad. What? <laughs> two-factor authentication. Yeah. So, well, like. I have I have two stories on that. So, Alex and I might have mentioned it before, but at ABC Corp, um, we had um, the IT guys. I'm not gonna say they were bad IT guys, but they generally did what that bank does, and they like to break their own rules a lot. You know how many times one of the IT guys had asked me for my password so he could remote into my computer and do work on it while I was at lunch. At least a dozen times. And you know what I did? Oh, you mean at ABC Corp? Yeah, at ABC Corp. That's a really common thing for in- internal companies to do. Yeah. I hate it. They literally say, don't give your password out. And I, I emailed him back. He's like, can I have your password so I can work on this? And I'm like, no, you told me not to. Oh, your actual password. I yeah. thought they meant yeah. like your team viewer password No, or my actual no. password for my computer. Because they used Windows as RDP to do all their remote machine stuff. That is hilarious. Yeah. And they needed my actual password to log into my PC. So you know what I said? So every them? time you sent them a password, you changed it up. Yes, I did. No, no, no. What I did was is that I didn't even, what I did was is because I admit I was using a personal password. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I'd set it to a random password, send it to him. And then the way ours was set up is that you could just set, after you set one password, you could set it back to your old one. So I would, Oh, no I would, way. Yeah. So I'd send him a random password to send it to him. And as soon as I'd get it back, I'd change my password back to what it was. If you uh, if you do that, though, whenever your organization has you change your password, people just go between two passwords then. It kind of yeah, defeats they do. the purpose. Yeah, they do. No, 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 no. One of the, one of the uh, older engineers admitted to doing that because he didn't like changing his password. Yeah. So every we were supposed to change our password every six months. And then one of the IT guys said, yeah, I just change it and I change it again. And I just changed it was back to what it was before. I've met people who just have a hard time remembering one password. Like I've set up a couple of, uh, for a couple of people in my life, I've set them up a password manager and I can't get them to remember a single one password. Like there are people who use one password for everything in their entire life. And I'm trying to get them off of that. So they're using password manager instead. So I'm like, all right, let's make a new master password. That's not that password, you know, cause that password's probably compromised at this point, no matter what we change it to, I cannot get them to remember their master password. Cause yeah. So that would be the same human being in my household who also gave out her, uh, put an app on her phone who <laughs> you were not supposed to. Um, it's like she's, it's one thing. She's Can also you not remember one piece well, of information. Well, I told her, like, the, the most, you know what the most secure place to put all your passwords is? Paper. In a piece of paper, in a drawer, in your house, preferably in a safe. That's, that is the most secure place. It's also where you should store your crypto private keys. <clears throat> um, damn it. It always comes back to crypto <laughs> with you. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so SMS. I mentioned that I don't like using SMS for two-factor authentication codes. Specifically, it... Because then the government can hack you, like Ian was saying. No, no, no. That's not... No. The government's not the only one who can hack you if you use SMS. Stingray. Stingray. Stingray too. Yeah. What is Stingray? Uh, Stingray is like Aside a... Aside from a CNO? 
Stingray is like a server, like rack mount box thing with a pile. It is of not CD. small. It is very it's large. Not small, but it's got a it's couple. A super of supercomputer C- somewhere. No, it's got a couple of CDMA antennas on it. Yeah, like and you can. It becomes a hotspot or some form of cellular. It, tower, it, it emulates a cellular. It's a man in the middle and attack. It reads basically, all of the cellular data traffic. And SMS so it can is read unencrypted. Your messages. It can. I think listen in on calls yes, and do so all sorts of phone things. Phone calls and SMS, as they stand today, unless you're using Signal or Telegram, are not encrypted. Technically, even Telegram. Uh, Telegram, Telegram is... Apple messages is encrypted. Telegram messages are not encrypted. not strong, though. It's okay. been cracked, and they've given out those encryption keys to government agencies looking for them. So your encrypted Telegram messages can still be read by others. Uh, as far as I'm aware, not Signal. But again, Signal could be a honeypot. It could be internally compromised whatever their servers are in the u.s who knows if it's you know properly done obviously their code is open source so you can theoretically audit it but yeah but anyway so but by default sms is not encrypted the new the new proper t-o-p-t whatever the new more proper um two-factor authentication system is is a lot more secure and it isn't encrypted technically but it's based on a timer and it's based on a bunch of other cryptography that i barely understand um, that makes it a lot more secure. So if, if say, you were falling, let's say you were in Starbucks and there's a guy with a van with one of these pieces of equipment out in Starbucks. and They're you very gotta, expensive. It's likely to be a government agency. Or a government agency for that matter. No, no, no. It would not be unreasonable. I don't, I don't think it would be unreasonable for some criminal to sit in a van in a public place in like a Starbucks how, or something. How difficult would and it me, be to make one of these using a couple software-defined radios? I don't know. Casual Coders Project. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but either way, we could you since SMSs are unencrypted, you can just cash them out of the air and like, oh look, I have their two-factor authentication code now, and like you could quickly type in their their login credentials. Oh, and then now I'm in their Coinbase account, or now I'm At in their the bank account, least, or whatever does else. Have something though, it has to be a very targeted attack. Yes, it you is. You you have to have their email already, and you have to know their password you have already. To know their email, their password, their exact location, where they are at any given time, if they have their phone. But on I think them. it's conceivable, especially for organized crime, and as you said, government to do this. I I think it's conceivable. I don't see it as the biggest threat in the threat model, though. Correct, but the I biggest still threat in the threat model. Social is engineering, your social engineering, yeah. your lowest level scammers who are just blasting out billions of calls per yeah, year. Yes, give me your bank calls. account details. I can make you $3 million in four minutes. Hello, this is Regis Microsoft Technical Support. Your computer has the coronavirus. <laughs> We're there, sorry. During uh, Y2K, which for oh, those that are too young. Oh, no. <laughs> I have a story about this too, but continue. Okay, for those that are too young, Y2K was I thought that uh, on a certain day, the world was going to end because I believe the Mayans or someone else. No, 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 no. It was something to do with, it was, uh, it oh, was, it was related to computers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 64 or 32-bit I, integer limit. No, 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 no. I can, I'll explain it, it yeah, in a minute. That's I, don't, it. But I don't have what? The, Explain what, what you guys, for those who don't know. Oh, so it's, everyone was worried about how... Which, what day was it? Was it 2000? It was 2000, yeah. It was when the okay, year 2000 okay, rolled yeah. over. So, so there's a date in all computers, Yeah, basically. and basically because every computer had been within the ni- within the 20th century, they, were, they didn't know what was going to happen whenever the numbers rolled over. And apparently there were a few banks who were storing the year as a, as a two numbers. Yeah, so they just numbers. like, and they just store the numbers. So it's like, it goes from zero to 99. Yeah. That's how they stored it. And when that happened, there was a bunch of banks that went offline for like two weeks. Because, yeah, because they, computers only had a li- very limited amount of storage, you know? So they, limited, yeah, so they, they had expensive. to squeeze as much out as possible. And then that's whenever the new standard, which is what we use now with the epoch time, became a little bit more 
mainstream common and mainstream is because which even then epoch time has a y2k date now yeah yeah when the 32 bit runs when the 32 bit it runs out yeah forever from now but yeah no 2038 Oh really? That's it? Yeah, yeah that's the next. Close. That's the next. That's thirty-two bit. Now all currently we're ahead of the game this time because Y two K happened to us once. So now, now all of the new computers bits. are switching over to sixty-four bits, but all the old computers are still on thirty-two bit. So those might have yeah. a problem. Yeah. So what the thought was like there four bit integer limit. Hold on. Oh, it's a lot. But the, but the thought is like there we'll might be some satellites. It, it is assigned integer, so you can go back in time. There oh, might be some satellites. Right. There might be com- some computer systems that end up getting compromised or glitch out that causes you know some form of catastrophe. You know. Yeah. Like, uh, like let's say a nuclear uh, plant. People you know, were afraid. No, no, no. People know? were like, specifically afraid that either a nuke was going to go off, yeah, a or a nuclear power or... plant was going to fail. It was one of the two big concerns. Yeah, so, or just even just like like people at Wall Street were afraid that which apparently there were a few businesses that got screwed, and but they weren't like like infrastructure like the apocalypse didn't happen like some people thought they were. <laughs> yeah, but some people like also who didn't really understand computers but knew this was happening was like, we're all going to die, guys, and so. There were quite a few companies that took advantage of this and they would be like selling stuff like furniture, like chairs. And on the tag, they'd have Y2K certified. You know, this won't go bad after Y2K. And people would be like, oh, and it's a chair. It's wood. Nothing but no computers whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, and people were buying them because they're like, oh, this is Y2K certified. Okay, Okay. Someone that I tangentially know, as in like, I've, I've heard stories about these people from another people. So it is like a very, very, um, don't I, worry. I don't know if it's true. What? 64 bit integer. We'll get us to 2262. I think we'll be fine. All right, 2262 okay. people. Good luck. Uh, I hope by then we're, uh, maybe by then we're either using an unsigned integer or maybe <laughs> <laughs> we're going to double the range. <laughs> or you can think what most people our age think about and we're all dead. So Yeah, right. Cool Whatever. Too. I'll be well dead by that point. I'll be a rotting corpse in the ground 100 years <laughs> No, you'll just that. be bones. <laughs> barely even that i don't yeah. know but anyway so there was someone who depends i might just be dust. i was told anyway. stories about who apparently lived in my town who uh-huh. which, so i don't even know if this is true but it might be and i i kind of i i wouldn't i would definitely believe that someone it's an old story though yes an let's hear the um, there, was this, there was this couple who they lived they were very well off mm-hmm. and around 1998 they started hearing ramblings about y2k oh boy right when this first started happening we started hearing it and slowly so you know what they did sold they spent all their money, and then they the they were to make they, the most of it. Yeah, they were like the end of the world's gonna come. We might as well party party hard. They spent all their money. They bought lots of fancy toys, fancy cars, all this other stuff. And then when Y two K didn't happen, and then they're the like, my retirement fund's gone. gone. Ticking. My ret- their retirement fund burned. Yep. Everything. They, we have no retirement, and they were not young. They were like in their fifties. So they were like they were like within spitting distance of retirement. I think that's a really interesting thing as well because it brings up the philosophical, like we've already had this discussion once, but not on a podcast where every single generation of humans thinks that they're going to be the ones to die or they're going to be the ones to meet well, some yeah, my mom and like, like annihilation, like the boomers in the level event, right? Yeah, the boomers and the because, Xers thought it was going to be Russia nukes us. Yeah, right. We think a nuke's going to go off like at some point, like a lot of people in our generation. Thanks, Putin. Yeah, so, right. So I don't know. And then even if we think back farther, like Mayan calendars, like they, the, it's, 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 don't, they ran out of space on a rock. It's fine. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> yeah, but like also that stuff. Like if we, I mean, I think a good example as well is the Christian religion and uh, whatever the rapture. Yeah, the rapture. Like everyone's yeah, so, gonna die. We're all gonna die. It's gonna be an extinction level event. But the world just keeps on ticking. Who said that didn't already Life happen? And only the good people on. went up. <laughs> and because so, 
I don't know. All two of them. <laughs> Sorry. No, Jesus was the only one who yeah, went exactly. up. He was the only one who deserved it. Um, no, it, it, I don't know. It's, that's a very philosophical question. It's a very philosophical question. One right? of the big differences, it, though, is I before mean, it really felt like a history. religion of some kind, you know, like, like a rock ran out of space or an actual religion. But now it seems like it is totally scientifically possible. It is scientifically for possible, us to but just it's probably not scientifically ourselves. probable or it's not super likely. I don't know. How much do we continue to think that we're all going to die and it just keeps going? The problem is you can't go. Obviously, so it's two like yes, extremes, I know. right? The two extremes of this, as, as we discussed. I'll let you. Well, humanity will not go on indefinitely. We'll die at some point, but it's hopefully going to be a very far time in the future. Yeah, there, it, yeah there's two extremes theory. when you're talking about extinction, though. One of them is kind of like what your story just said: is we're all going to die. It's not worth preparing for our future at all. Like it doesn't matter, you know. Let's so spend all our money right now because we're going to die in two years. Yeah, and, and you throw all like thought for your future self out the window. And the other extreme is also throwing all thought for your future self out the window by just saying that, oh, the future will figure it out. We're not going to bother trying to fix this massive glaring issue. We're not going to fix climate change. We're just going to keep yeah, going. It's the future people's problem. It's you the know? next generation's problem. Both are bad. I don't have to deal with it. Both are not good. Yeah, both are bad. It's a bell curve. you got to stay in the center. You can't, you can't disregard global warming, but... I don't know. It's, it's you can't it's, you can't disregard something and say that the future's going to fix it, and you can't say that oh everything's lost. I'm not going to bother. You have to say okay, there've been bad things in the past. There are going to be bad things in the future. Let's try to do what I can now to fix that, or at least begin making change for the better. Yeah, so I mean, like entropy happens, right? Which is just the idea that things get more in chaos the further time goes. Yeah. If you're not a force to try to limit that entropy in certain ways, that way, at least in in certain aspects of life things are getting better then stuff will just keep getting worse you know so you might as well at least keep trying and if if your maximum trying right now is keeping things the same or only slightly worse that's better than them going way bad and also the more people that do this hypothetically the better things will get so i mean yeah imagine what sort of pandemonium the world would go into if every single person on the planet just said oh we're all gonna die tomorrow so whatever let's just go blow a billion we would, dollars we would die tomorrow because everyone would freak the <laughs> fuck out yeah exactly but, but the other problem with that train of thought though is like if no one saying, had done that we would just keep on keeping on like there's nothing immediately that would cause us to explode but if we just immediately decide right here right now we're all gonna die tomorrow yeah the world is going to end tomorrow because everyone has agreed that it's going to end tomorrow and just blows all their money and whatever. But, but there's definitely a fallacy saying that, oh, this hasn't happened yet, therefore it won't happen. Which is kind of what I hear when people say, oh, everyone thought the end times were coming, but sure, it's, hasn't it's, happened. it is statistically possible that 18 nukes get launched tomorrow at noon and hit mainland China and mainland Russia and the central United States and a whole bunch more nukes go off and fly everywhere and totally obliterate the entire planet. But it is so statistically unlikely to happen that in my mind it can be discounted for the moment that the world is going to end tomorrow. There's also, although you got to remember, there's also a statistical chance that when I slap my hand into this table really hard, quantum (laughs) physics just says fuck it and I go through the table. (laughs) You That's, turn into a Gary's Mod ragdoll and you slap your hand down on the table and go flying up. Through the yeah, there's also a statistical yeah. chance that that happens too. So what's your point? Welcome to philosophy. The, I hate the point this. is that one of those is like on. Do you have 
any idea how many atoms are in your hand, how many atoms are in the table, and but how many of them have to... According to quantum mechanics, there's a chance. Yes, but the chance of that happening, if you look at the actual percentage number, is way smaller than the possibility of us getting nuked, you know? Because if you look at it, I would consider it, I don't know, maybe one in 100,000% of us getting nuked. Like, it's still pretty high. Like, it's not one in I mean, yeah, it's 10 to the... To like what? Ten, ten, ten to the ten thousand zeros chance that you go through an object. I mean, it's high. It's high. It's a higher chance than it was, you know, ten thousand years ago, or even a thousand years ago, or even a hundred years ago. Well, yeah, no, so I, I would say a like, hundred years ago because we didn't have nukes a thousand years ago. Oh. Right here, I'm trying to be fished right now. I have an email right in, in my email. All right. You should respond to that, and we should fuck with them. Oh, I, I, I'm downcast. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. All right, what is yeah, this yeah, phishing yeah. email? This is a coin. It's from Coinbase support, and the email is mm-hmm. no reply authentication, lates, updates, coin, and then it does it get cut off, and then it doesn't tell me what domain it's from. Oh, yeah, pretty sure that's legit. To Chandler, mm-hmm. please verify your info. Your account is missing some info that we need to comply with financial regulations, not federal regulations, financial regulations. Mm. As a result, your account is now restricted. In order to re-enable buy and sell, buying and selling, please verify your identity by providing your government-issued photo ID. Once you're ready, you can verify your identity through the link below. Through link below. That's oh, what it is. Link below. Yeah. Mm, yep. All For right. most customers, this takes under five minutes. <laughs> if you have any questions about this, please refer to our support center. Interesting. So it's literally a copy... Of the Coinbase, like, I think it's one of the Coinbase emails. Or is there another email that you have? This is a genuine Coinbase email. It comes from info at mail.coinbase.com. Confirm your info by September 17th, 2022. Your account is missing some info that we need to collect in order to comply with financial regulations. Please take a moment and confirm your info today. If you don't confirm by September 17th, your account will be limited to withdrawals only. Here's what you need. A government-issued photo ID or the latest version of the coin and the latest version of the Coinbase app. Yeah, they don't even tell you about the Coinbase app. They just tell you to go to a domain that is definitely not Coinbase. Once you're ready, sign into Coinbase to confirm your info. For most customers, this takes under five minutes. Learn more with a link to, let's see where this link Probably goes. the Coinbase docs. Links.coinbase.com slash tracking link. Yeah, okay. Well, they just So it's, a, it's almost a direct copy of the Coinbase. I'm going to click on the link, so I want to know where it goes. You do, I don't, I don't know. Probably shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't click unless links Unless you have from a sandbox skin. and you're running or tunneling through a VPN. I'd recommend tunneling through Tor and popping that open in a Windows sandbox or similar and then clicking that link. I don't want to deal with all that right now. I just won't click on the link. Which also, there's no point in like actually screwing with them because you think they actually look at these inboxes? Probably not. Yeah, they don't. They just send out blast emails. I was and hoping hope someone... it was like a phone call. That'd be great, dude. If it was a phone call, I would totally answer the phone and fuck with them. I've Man. answered. I've oh, answered. oh, oh! So I have something else about these scams. So you know the scam phone calls you get all the time about your car's extended warranty. Do you know how those actually work? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, okay. So they actually connect you with a like. Ford or like an actual warranty provider. But what they do is that they do it through a third party so they can listen in and collect information the whole time. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So what you're actually supposed to do is you're supposed to answer it, go to Ford or whatever Toyota or whatever and say, I got the spam. I got the scam call. Please block this number. Interesting. It's what you're supposed to do, but nobody does that. And I have it set up so they just get blocked on my phone. Don't you have it that way? It answers them and just answers them and tells them to put, put me on their do not call list. That's cool. Yeah, which this is like one of the few things keeping me probably on the Pixel over like an iPhone. iPhones just don't get the spam calls. Normally. I don't think that's true because Steve says he had to disable all phone calls from someone who's not his contacts, which honestly I would probably do because I don't really make that many phone calls. 
I don't make hardly any phone calls. Although I recently had changed my voicemail to something that's a little bit more professional. Uh, because my, my who was your voicemail before? You don't. My voicemail is just a beep. What? My previous voicemail was me sitting with my phone recording a speaker that was the dial-up modem tone, right? So dial-up modem, and then I said, "If you're not a robot, you can leave your message now." Yeah, my, my it was, it my, was it's hilarious. For the sake of casual but, coders, oh it should God, be more is, professional than that. More professional than that. Because if I, I have to apply for a job, oh in the yeah, future well as yeah, well, mine's just the default. Like, I didn't change I don't it. Know. When I was in high school, I lived with my aunt for a little bit, and she's a very nice lady, and like never grounded me except for like one time when I pulled this stunt. Oh, uh-huh. does it involve phones? <laughs> it involves phones and setting my voicemail. On my voicemail, I saw this online. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, the like so, standard, like whatever. Yeah, so like, I, my voicemail is, hello? Oh, hey, what's going on? Aww, what's up? you jerk. Uh, <laughs> so I did that for like 30 seconds. And like two days afterwards, my aunt like gets a hold of me and is furious because she realized <laughs> that it was a voicemail she's like this is absolutely unacceptable you are not doing this you have to change this back right now i was like oh chill it was just a for fun thing and she's like no this is more serious than you realize like this could i was like i'm sorry this is more serious than you realize yeah, i so. didn't realize that my voicemail was a very serious thing <laughs> yeah so i was like okay very professional business here on a personal voicemail for how old were you like a 12 year old yeah yeah i was like 15 maybe 14 yeah. For, yes. for a young child who doesn't have any jobs or positions or any like reason to is be, bored yeah, yeah right yeah, uh, on a phone okay yeah, yeah sure <laughs> so that's a, that's the story about the time i got uh the one grounded. time you got grounded <laughs> <laughs> oh my no i i never really got i didn't get grounded that often when i was a kid I, it happened a few times and mostly when i was like super super young and um yeah, I don't know. Especially since I tended to, especially when I got my desktop. I only got grounded from my desktop computer once. You weren't a daredevil kid of any kind? No, I, Causing I, I, trouble. I, was, I was very bored. Installing malware in all the family computers? <laughs> uh, well, not all the family computers anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think I told the story in an earlier an earlier episode, but I'll tell it again. Um, sorry to all of my uh, former high school classmates and or oh, this my one. former high school. I don't think you've told this on a prior podcast episode. Did I not? I oh, no, I think we did, but we never aired it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Let's let's uh, let's tell the story of the time I installed malware on all the school computers <laughs> that I wrote myself. Is this an admission of guilt? <laughs> it's past the, the, it past the statute. statute of, yes, it is. It's been four years. <laughs> So is that the statute limitations? I think it is on cybercrime. I think it's four years. I thought it was like I know seven on tax evasion it's three. I thought it was like seven or eight. No, let's find out. I thought it was a long time. Maybe it was just getting sent. This is just getting sent. Either I'll way, this has list. been a long time ago. All right. It's been a long time. Well, just like neuter some of the details and like fake it a little bit, right? Our poor listeners. While we're waiting for Chandler here, I can talk about a uh, old story from when I worked also, IT. Also, Google, Google, if you show this to the FBI, I plead the fifth. From when I potentially worked IT, right? We were talking about passwords. Um, and uh, I may have worked for a company where we didn't give users uh, Five passwords. years, we're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you can continue. We, we didn't give users their passwords. We just kept all of their passwords in secure locations. And we, as the IT people, would give the users, like, their password for whatever program they needed to sign into. So you have your, like, main login password for your operating system for your desktop environment. And then if you want to sign into this app, call IT, and we will enter your password for you. 
That way your users cannot give their passwords away to scam callers or like... Wait, so you have to call people. IT anytime you need to log into anything? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That... Honestly, it worked out fine just with the way that the uh, DE and the OS was set up at uh, this specific company. I believe there were issues before. I don't remember all the exact details, but... As an uh, working IT, it was certainly incredibly convenient to just have a list of every password for the company just sitting right in front of you. No one really knows it. And so you as the IT guy just have, you know, the ability to grab a password and like, oh, need to remote into someone's machine or whatever to fix some problem. Like, yeah, just give them a call. Hey, is it okay if I connect to your machine over lunch or whatever and fix your issue? Yeah, of course, feel free. So then you just remote into their computer while they're at lunch. And there is no like, hey, email me your password or can you tell me your password? Whatever. It's just, okay, here you we go. We have your password. We have your password. We're just going to log Tell in. me you can destroy your entire company without telling me you cannot destroy your entire company. <laughs> yeah, so my the statute of limitations and stuff on cybercrime. Right, it's five years. So let's go. So <laughs> when I was 14, so I am 22 now, so it's well past the statute of limitations. Oh, I've never so. heard of it until today, but go on. You've never, what do you mean you never heard of the statute of limitations? Absolutely. Oh, the statute of limitations. Sorry. You've never heard of that? No. No. In the United States, uh, you can't be prosecuted of a crime. It's been more than X years, and each crime usually has a date on which it becomes invalid, and they can't try you on it anymore. Yeah. Why? Um, because freedom. Okay. If you get away with it, it's allowed. Yeah. It seems like it encourages people to be more secretive and do crime, but okay. Anyway, so... Um, Let's not get, again, I also don't want to get on my plate. I, I think it's mostly because, oh, I committed this weird little, like, petty crime. Yeah, it's mostly oh, so you get. I stole a candy bar from yeah. Marks while I was three years old. It's so you don't get tried of BS like that. That's the main purpose. Uh, and then and suddenly like, you're I would argue that what, a judge, and it's like, I was three years old. What do you want, man? I stole a Twix bar. It was a dollar and three cents back then. Yeah, I would argue what I did is, is more along those lines than, like, actual cybercrime. Right, right. In this scenario, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I was just wondering. It that yeah, it's not like you stole millions of dollars. I'm sure they would make some, you know, exception. Well, I did get reprimanded, but I got reprimanded at school. I didn't get reprimanded by the court. Yeah, right. So, because I did get caught because one of my classmates was a fucking snitch. Anyway, so. Spoilers. Spoilers. Anyway, I'll, yeah, spoilers. Sorry. So, I, um, we had, we were, it was a, a Catholic school, so we were a little bit behind the times. We were still running Windows XP in 2014. Um, and Windows XP, whenever you're connected on a domain system, which is what Windows at the time called their, like, shared um, accounts where you could log into one account and all your stuff got transferred to that computer. It's still a domain. Or a network. Yeah, is it still a, called a domain? Yep, yeah. it's domain. Yeah. All right. So, but anyway, on the with the domain system, they also had this program called NetSend, which, by the way, got removed in future versions of Windows because now everyone just uses Slack or Teams. So the idea was is that you could open up your terminal, type in NetSend, their username, and then a message, and it would pop up in the center of their screen and it would bl over top of all their applications <laughs> a message and they could not do anything until that message got cleared. Which is hilarious. By yeah. like clicking the X or clicking OK or I've read the message. Or Apparently my some of my classmates figured out that if they drag it to the side of the screen they can still use the computer. That's hilarious. Because what I would the first my first uh, incident that I got in trouble for. The first? How many were there? Uh, three, I think. <laughs> so the first incident is I wrote a script where if someone was pissing me off, I could just lock up their computer. 
Just spam them with net calls. <laughs> yeah, I just it, one what, so just a bash script. It was, it was X net send garbage. Go to X. Go yeah. to uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, three was, lines. Let's and go. it was literally yeah, it was three lines of code, and I could lock up their computer. That's how insecure Windows XP is. Windows XP is a gem. Yes, it was. It was the best insecure version of Windows. So. Then the next thing I did was I was I wrote this, this I didn't get in trouble for but I wrote this program that um it was like they, they took NetSend and it wrapped it in a nice GUI so anyone could log in and use it. Oh and then you distributed it to everyone. And I distributed it to everyone on the network. Nice. Um and then what I did was is that I embedded a little piece of code that ran in a separate thread that allowed me to SSH into any computer using their username. Mm-hmm. As long as they were running the program, which most of my friends had running at the time, so I was very, very easily able to uh, be the IT guy at Ian's work. Yeah, be the yeah. IT guy at Ian's work, and I, which okay, so it was SSH access. I didn't have, I wasn't able to control the mouse. I was only able to execute it's commands. Just files. You have SSH yeah. access with your SSH. You go in, and then you automatically install the software that you need to control the mouse. Hey, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think Back of that when I was S team viewer. I didn't <laughs> think of that when I was fourteen. So instead, I um, but yeah, so I could do that. So as a joke. <laughs> I was trying to shut off my friend's computer, and mm-hmm. I my apparently the principal found out and he was using it, which I thought was kind of funny because he thought hilarious. it was innocent. And he thought it was fine, so I <laughs> thought I was shutting off my friend's computer, but in reality I was shutting off his computer. <laughs> you shut down the principal's machine remotely. Yeah, I got in trouble. I'm I was like, why is this my whole computer? School. Beep. <laughs> oh wait, my friend's computer didn't shut down. Uh oh. The principal comes stomping down the hall. Uh oh. Oh, and they knew it was me because they knew I was like the only guy in the computers in the whole school because it was a very <laughs> small school. But how did they know? How did they not think it was like just a normal computer issue? I don't know. Because is... instead of just going straight fade to black, it actually said shutting down. Oh. What they probably did is they probably went over to you and they're like, Chandler. We know you did this. What did you do? They and didn't I, say what you did. They just said, we know you did this. Well, it's yeah, a matter I was really of bad. I not. didn't plead the fifth very much when I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Parents used to always do that. They'd be like, they'd well, assume that you did something. It's, yeah, it's the most dad. basic social engineering. I'm sure even the cops use it, too. Oh, no, the cops oh, do use it. Why do you? Doing. No, no, no. It's yeah. why do you think we're here is what the cops are allowed to say. That's, that's yeah. Like, remember, <laughs> just like. Why do you think we're here? Uh, I so plead the fifth. Try to get me to admit to something I didn't do. I just say like, that's a great question. Why are any of us here? <laughs> <laughs> he plays. He plays dumb. Like with the cops. No, he goes straight to the psychological. Like, <laughs> why are any of us? The here? cops leave his How house crying. Now, how can you say that you truly are a human being? Is the human experience valid? <laughs> Anyway, the third thing I did, <laughs> which actually got me banned on Twitch for 24 hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, which it was hilarious what always used to happen in school with, with this. So there was this application, which I don't remember what it was called. I really don't. But cool what it, getting on and all. No, it was the VPN software. It was free VPN software. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not OpenVPN, probably. No, it wasn't because they hosted the server for you and they were pretty... I don't know if it was a proxy breaker or was it... I think it was a VPN because... So all this program would do, you'd run the program on your computer mm-hmm. and it would just blow past any proxy that's there. 
or any like any sort of blocking. Yeah, any sort of blocking. Yeah, yeah, it would, and I have no clue what was in it. I'll be honest. There, it probably was malware, and I didn't know when I, I'm I was 14 surprised and ignorant. That I never got reprimanded in school because I occasionally like I think I installed the Tor browser to like a network share, so that it I was, could just boot I, up the Tor browser on any computer. At it might school. have been Tor actually. How did you guys even know about as much about computers in high school though? Lots of Google. Lots of Google. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it probably was Tor, and I, I just don't remember. installed Tor, right? Because our school blocked, I, I don't know. Were you aware of, like, the cool math games online, whatever? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 cool I'm getting to that. And, so yeah. that's why I installed that's, it. Yeah, I used yeah, that. That's, that's, why, that's, why, got blocked that's why we, like, well, that and. Classmate, like, haha, look at me. That and YouTube was blocked. Oh, you know oh. what? I went to school before these things were blocked. Like oh. the, the teachers didn't catch on yet. They're like, oh, these kids are just using these computers. Yeah. So yeah. YouTube was blocked. So, well, anyway, so YouTube was blocked. But what we did was that we found a clone of Counter-Strike that ran in your browser. No, no, no. But it was full browser. 3D. It was count- It was literally a one-to-one clone of Counter-Strike 1.6 in Unity. Oh, my That's God. crazy. So That's we would awesome. do Counter-Strike tournaments in the library during study hall. That's awesome. I brought in, <laughs> I brought in a Quake. Uh, I, I brought in a Quake USB drive. Oh, I did too. Quake. Quake one, we, we yeah. passed it all around, and everyone was playing Quake on this. So I did, I did that as well. Breaks. But we had a shared network drive, so I just dropped it on the shared network drive. It didn't have any form of like pass. No, memory. it didn't. It was just shared across the whole fucking school, <laughs> so anyone could just drop it in the drive, and it would work. Nice. That's also where I put the VPN software or whatever, or Tor or whatever the fuck it was. Ours had uh, ours because had, like, the teachers, the teachers that, used yeah. Tor to get out of the network. The teachers were using Tor. Yeah, because YouTube was blocked and they needed educational videos, and they kept asking IT to unblock it, and IT said no. So they literally used Tor. Yeah. That's they're phenomenal. like, hey Chandler, how can I get to YouTube? I know you know how to do it. <laughs> I know you know how to do it. Which th- so you told them about Tor? Yeah. I just nice. said run the program and then open up Chrome, <laughs> and it worked. That's hilarious. There was one year when they started to try to do stuff and like cut back on more things, but then you could do the trick where instead of doing HTTPS, you just did HTTP and visited coolmaths.com, and it loaded just fine. They only blocked oh, the HTTPS only, version. Yeah. So yeah. the do reason. You re- do you remember? You probably weren't. Well, I didn't get to why I got banned from Twitch. Yeah. Oh uh, yes, yes. So at the time, I was really into live streaming. So I would live stream from home all the time, and I wanted to show one of my friends a VOD that I had the previous night. And I went to the, um, so I went to Twitch while running Tor, because Twitch was blocked normally. Mm-hmm. I went to Twitch.tv, and apparently you can't access, at, least at the time, I don't know what I'm in anymore, you can't access Twitch on Tor. It's a problem with a lot of things, even yeah. in the modern age. Yeah. A lot of places mm-hmm. will just block you and just Oh, no, not only did they block me, Tor. but they, yeah, I they was logged in. They banned me for 24 the hours. The EV blog forum will automatically, like, instantly show you a you are banned message if you attempt to access it through Tor. I don't understand that. It's a little strange. I don't I don't understand it either. I really don't. Oh, I know no, there's a stigma about Tor that criminals website. use Tor. There is a stigma about Yeah, but then again, they want any, like, uh, privacy advocates to be labeled criminals as well anyway, so... Or I, never. I, I don't want to get into. I don't want to get on my political. Soapbox. I don't want to okay. get on the political soapbox. But it seems like not too far a step to say that if you're a privacy advocate, you're obviously a domestic terrorist. Yeah, apparently. Slash sarcasm. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> With Ian, <laughs> not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you just call me a d- domestic terrorist? No, I said I said that you 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 actually believe the government would would. To label you a domestic terrorist for believing in privacy, which I don't, again, I don't want to get on my political side. We, we should about. cut this one as well. Yeah. So, anyway, um, but yeah, I got into, I used to get into a lot of technical trouble, which, so when I transferred schools, I found out that my new school had much better security on most of their stuff. 
sort of. Oh boy. So yeah, you couldn't really, well, the internet was slow enough that you couldn't fucking access anything anyway, because it'd take three years to load. But I, this new school I went to, they, they let me get away with like bringing my own laptop to take notes. Cause my handwriting was a tro is, and still is horrible. So I would say, I'm going to type notes. And you know, I wouldn't type notes. I'd play Rocket League in the back of class on the laptop. <laughs> wow, Chandler's laptop's really loud. <laughs> you hear the clacking of a game controller. No, I literally had an pad. Xbox controller in my backpack. That's funny. <laughs> One day, in the world did you not get caught? Nobody cared. My high school classes were I had like straight 20. A's. They didn't care. They're like, Fair enough. They're my, like, fuck it. You can do what he wants. were like 20 kids. If I were to do that, I'd get like... They were also only like 20 kids, and they didn't care. How in the world? I don't understand. Whatever, man. I This was before the Nintendo Switch was a thing, and you know, handheld gaming, but... I have the story where I went to school and I really wanted to play like console style games. And there's this really cool console at the time called the Nintendo Wii U. Wii? Oh, oh boy. And the Wii is really Wii cool U. because you have the Wii itself. It has this game pad and you connect it to a TV known as the two screen system. Yeah. But they had this mirror feature. So that way if your significant other wanted to use the TV, you could just play in the game pad. Oh my God. So, so what did I did. Connect it up or like plug it in at the wall. Yeah, that's what I did is I put, took a, to school, the whole Wii U system, including the gamepad, in my backpack, and I had like a plug run into it. So I would like get to school, shut down my bag, plug it into a wall, and then play on the Wii U gamepad, which had a charge, just complete Wii U games. And I was just playing like the Nintendo Switch before the Nintendo Switch was a thing at school. Better than what I had. I had an old laptop from like a long time ago, and I, I did bring it into class one day. I was like, oh, I'll play Rocket League or whatever, and it was the worst potato quality. My, like my laptop. Absolute garbage. Yeah. My laptop played Rocket League at, I think, 1080p, like 30 FPS. So oh, I'm talking playable. like 480p, like 22 frames Ooh. per second. Yeah, I, I think if All I had... All the lowest graphics. Do you know how course. much worse my grades would have been if I had the Steam Deck in high school? Yeah, I think Negative. that if the Steam Deck... You would have graduated with James's GPA. <laughs> just calling this man out on the podcast. Hey, no one here knows what his GPA was. For all they know, it's 5.5. With context clues, you can figure it out. <laughs> That's getting censored too, damn it. I'm going to have to really edit this one down. Oh boy, I'll add, the li I'll add it to the list. I'll just hit a, I'll just bleep it. <laughs> There's a two minute long bleep in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> it's just a sine wave yeah. for five uh, minutes. We need an editor. I don't know if an editor wants to edit this. Hey, we need an editor. Jobs at Casual Coders. Done. No, I'm kidding. We can't pay you. <laughs> we can't. We should do that anyway. We should We should make a new email account or a new email inbox. Jobs at CasualCoders.dev. We need an unpaid intern. If you want to be an editor, send us an email. Whoop, whoop. We should whoop, just whoop. put up posters in like the film section at school. You know what I was thinking the other day? It probably would not be a bad idea to put posters around college campuses to do no, Mr. Beast style videos. No, me and him considered videos. that. Me and him actually considered walking around campus at school and or also going to our rival school, which is only 20 minutes away, and just putting posters up around school of our YouTube channel, see if anyone would bite. I mean, we've it, got that QR code thing what way? now. If you want to go to your school and a couple others in the area, we could like slap some on some of the like public What billboards. type of posters are you guys talking about? Literally flyers like for, for the what? channel. For our channel. Just to, for them to watch it? Yeah. I'm talking about for people to participate in like Mr. Beast style challenges. Oh, you we mean we don't have the funds for that? No, we don't. But, but, but no, the challenges, not the prizes. 
like people see the Mr. Beast style challenges for money and they're like, that would be hilarious just to do. So I bet if yeah, you did like a hundred people in a circle, but broke college students need the money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they probably still do it in pizza. Yeah. Just be like the last person Here's to leave this circle slice of pizza says hi to Mr. Beast at the end of this video, you know, like says hi to Mr. <laughs> Beast at the end of this video. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter what hey, the prize Jimmy, be. You don't know us. We're not going to tell you how we got your phone number, yeah. but uh, we got this. No, guy. no, just in the video. I said like, they speak to the camera. You're only, and say seven, hi, Jimmy. You're only seven degrees away from any yeah. human being. We could, we could make, we can pull some strings. We can pull and some strings. <laughs> actually, you, most of the YouTubers probably some, I'm pretty, we're probably pretty far away from those YouTubers. But like, we could even do it like weird. Well, we just weird. fly across the country. I, I figure we'd be fine. How, how difficult do you think it'd be? No, Beast is in North Carolina. We could drive there. Oh, yeah, we, we could drive, drive there. there. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, we're here. How's it going, bud? <laughs> oh boy. Getting to Jimmy one day at a time using one penny every day. The newest Casual Coders series. I don't know if you saw that. It was an actual series that went viral recently. What is oh, it? This it? guy tried to deliver a penny to Mr. Beast. Um, and so he started out with $0. Uh-huh. And he just filmed every single day him trying to get to Mr. Beast using only a penny. So he would like use his penny to trade it for a pen. And then he used his pen to trade for like a dollar. And he used his dollar to like buy a drink. And then he sold the drink for like two dollars and fifty cents, and he's a tuner, and he did that. I know that trading up is a thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a common tactic that people use. Which yeah, I mean, so he did that. Until I always he got found like, it very strange, but if you, if that's your thing, go ahead. Well, it's really interesting to see someone do it. You know, they're at zero dollars, and like it's it's a I'm stigma sure that's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging, and it's it's a it's a. Th- there are people right now who you know work a lot and don't make two hundred dollars in a day, and you see this guy able to make two hundred dollars in a day doing this very unconventional thing so they can travel across the world you know so it's like really interesting in multiple angles because of that but anyways recommend looking it up if you haven't seen it well yeah i i know some people who used to do the trade-up thing Haley's brother was really into it for a while he would like trade up four-wheelers for jet skis jet skis for car that kind of stuff oh, that's oh, cool neat. yeah he did it like it, it was like a weird hobby slash i want new Side stuff job. thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even a job you're just getting stuff <laughs> I mean, how much of a way is sort of casual coders like that in some weird way? Like, but we traded we traded accidental viral videos for a very meager income. Yeah, because we don't have that to give. But we could do the challenges still. Like his challenges are not that hard. Most of them. You win a DS4 C mod board. Yeah, yeah. You, you win, win a Raspberry Pi. Casual coders shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the prize it. is dumb, like I think the challenges itself would be fun enough where it would be worth doing. I feel like that could be interesting. We've got the DS4 boards. I still have a handful of PCBs. We could totally throw up a couple of like... I know that we technically still have the one challenge video that's probably never going to get released. Let's be totally honest. Wait, which one? Oh, the video? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. With I his never. friend and yeah. But we could like redo it or something. I don't have any of the footage for that. I would possibly be able to edit that together and slap something up because it's just sitting in the backlog. Well, yeah, that's what I did basically what I did with the Steam Deck video know. is I just kind of slapped it together through a voiceover over it and we're going to hope it does well. Or maybe we should just try to find, I don't know, we should we should probably try to find like a editor who's willing Viewers, to You should email info at casualcoders.dev if you like this type of conversation where we talk about internal stuff. I feel like it's boring to the viewer. I want to know your opinion. Let me know. It also provides some... I'll just cut it out. Transparency to the company as well, though. Yeah, but do they care? Really like, I feel like whenever I listen to a podcast and they're talking about, like, their post schedule, I'm like, ah, I know you have to post stuff. Fair enough. This is what we get for not having a topic list. 
because we didn't we haven't been planning for these very well recently. It's far enough along that I don't really feel like bringing up my topics. I'll bring it up next time. Okay. Thank you for listening to Casual Coders. What a mess. Bye. I'll figure this out.